0: Hello and welcome to the Bobby podcast. My name is Bobby Casmire and for the past year I've been sharing my journey in eating disorder recovery on TikTok and through this podcast. I've been able to grow a following of over 150,000 people over the past year by being authentic and relatable in ED recovery and helping others on their journey to recovery and living a fulfilling life with food and health. Before diving into today's episode, I want to point out that I'm not a certified nutritionist. Dietitian or eating disorder professional. I'm simply sharing my experiences navigating ED recovery and using them as a way to spread awareness and to potentially help others. If you are struggling with disordered eating or an eating disorder, I highly recommend seeking out professional help or calling the National Eating Disorder Hotline. Now let's get into the episode. All right, what is up everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Bobby Podcast. Today's episode is a very special one. I'm really excited to record this one. I have a very, very special guest today on the podcast. Um, joining me today is Jessie Jean. She is a food freedom coach. She primarily helps women stop binge eating and overeating. Um, she's a certified eating psychology coach, uh, and she has her own podcast called uh, The Deer Body Podcast, which I actually just joined her on. We had a great conversation um, so when that episode comes out, I will obviously let you all know, and you can listen to that on there as well. I will link her podcast description in the bio, uh, in, in the bio of this episode. She's also posts on Instagram at Jesse Jean. I will link that as well, as well as, uh, her TikTok. She posts amazing content on TikTok. Um, link all that as well. How to, uh, she, she basically revolves her content around how to control your eating, um, how to live a healthy, balanced lifestyle with food, how to overcome food struggles, um, and body image issues. She posts incredible content. So like I said, I will leave her links in the description. Um, so Jesse, how are you?
1: Doing so good, Bobby. Thank you so much for having me today.
0: Oh, of course. Uh, like I said, I'm really excited to record this one. Uh, I, th- I, think the, I think the listeners will can, or they can definitely resonate with with uh, mm-hmm. with your story of overcoming binge eating and now how you've turned that into helping out other people. Because I know I've dealt with binge eating in the past. My freshman year in college, it was a very rough time. So I, I know uh, the struggles of that, and and how how terrible it can be, how much it can affect not just your everyday life, but you know your weeks, your months, your years. It can just have an everlasting effect on someone. So, uh, would you mind just kind of going in on your full story with uh, with binge eating and how you kind of overcame it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, I um. I'm 31 years old now, and I struggled for a very long time, over a decade. It started when I was very young, and um, it really started, the struggles with food started, um, it's interesting how it got started, actually. I was very much so a perfectionist when I was in high school, and I was sleeping very little. Um, And the reason I was doing that was because uh, my well-intentioned parents told me that if I wanted to go to college, I was going to need to get scholarships because unfortunately they didn't have the money to send me, excuse me. And so I thought, okay, I definitely want to be able to go to college and kind of want to get out of the situation that I was in and just make something more for myself. And so I just put my head down and I grinded and I became such a perfectionist with academics, athletics, uh, volunteering, student government, anything and everything I could get plugged into in hopes that I would be able to get scholarships. And in that process, I just... Uh, did not have much time to rest. So starting my freshman year of high school, I was sleeping maybe four hours a night, five hours a night, and that just continued on. And that continued on for years and years and years, it became my pattern. And in that, um, because I wasn't sleeping, I was constantly exhausted. And um, because of that, I needed to get energy from somewhere else. So I started to turn to food and I would get energy from food, but I was not only a growing girl, so my body was changing, but also, I wasn't sleeping very much and I was eating a lot and so I noticed my body changing at the time I was a cheerleader and in gymnastics and Um, I was a top girl, the girl that they put on top of stunts. And as my body started to change, as any growing high school girl's body does, I started to feel a lot of shame about my changing body. And so um, I decided that I was going to figure out how to not have it change so much because I was going from being a top girl to being the girl on the bottom lifting other girls. And for me, that felt like somehow I was failing. And um, mind you, I was comparing myself to these freshmen coming in who were just very small younger girls, um, but nonetheless, I felt like a failure, and so I started to control food. And ironically, in in that journey of trying to control food, food really started to control me. And at the time, I didn't know what I was doing with food um, was disordered. I was just restricting, and I would snap because I got really, really hungry, and then I would end up binging, and I would feel so embarrassed for the binge. And my binges would go from you know consuming all this savory food to eating a ton of sweets and then i'd go back to savory and then i'd go to sweet food and by the time i was done it was like my tongue and my mouth were just raw and my fingers were swollen and i felt terrible about myself and i was just absolutely mortified and um i thought okay when i get out of the house and i go to college for sure, I'll be able to find my balance because I'll be on my own. I'll be able to control everything and I'll, I'll just be able to find my balance. Well, I got into college and uh, I became even more neurotic around food and I tried to control food even more. And I started to try all of these different diets and with each diet, um, I slipped further and further into disordered patterns where they started to get more extreme. The diets got more extreme. The exercise regimens got more extreme. I was spending hours and hours in the gym to make up for what I had eaten. I was, you know, in moments of impulsiveness, stealing my roommate's food and then feeling so ashamed for doing that. I was, you know, hiding wrappers at the bottom of the trash can, chewing food and spitting it out. I started to take laxatives and, um, trying to make myself throw up at certain points in the journey and all of that was just absolutely exhausting and that continued i continued that those patterns through college and felt more embarrassed and i started to realize like i have a problem this isn't normal And I mustered up every ounce of courage that I could um, because I started to have these thoughts. One day, I hope to be a mom. I hope I'm blessed to be able to be a mom. And then very next thought after that was, oh, my goodness, there's no way I can be a mom. Because if I pass down these struggles with food and this insecurity in my body image to my future children, I will be mortified and not able to live with myself. So then the next thought I had was I can't be a mom. And then I went into, I don't know if life is worth living, because that's my goal one day. And so it got really dark, really fast in my head. And I started to think, you know, I either, life is either not worth living, or I have to commit to fight to figure this out, and at the time, I felt like I was the only one in the world who was struggling with this. I was so embarrassed and so mortified. I didn't know that you know so many people in the world were dealing with exactly the same internal battle that I was. And so it was at that time that I um, decided, you know what? And I was a very bubbly, happy-go-lucky girl, and so to have these really dark thoughts was pretty scary for me. I thought I either life is either not worth living or I give it everything I've got to figure out how to get out of this, even if it takes me the rest of my life to get to to figure this out. And so that's when I mustered up every ounce of courage and strength that I had uh, to put myself in therapy and uh, therapy was therapeutic, um, but it didn't stop my binging and restrict cycles. And I I will never bash therapy, I think therapy is a beautiful thing, but I just wasn't, my behaviors with food weren't changing. And my therapist at the time recommended I check out Overeaters Anonymous, which is like Alcoholics Anonymous, AA, but just for those who are overeaters, I uh, went to Overeaters Anonymous and there are these meetings in like underground places and you hope you don't see anybody, you know, and, um, I was, you know, I was going into these meetings and, um, you know, like AA, you get into these meetings and, um, you know, you say, hi, I'm Jesse, I'm an overeater. My life has become unmanageable and we kind of labeled ourselves as broken, um, and, Through that, I was told that, you know, things like sugar and bread and, um, you know, these more highly palatable foods were the reason for the overeating. So if I eliminated those foods, I would probably do better. And that was not the route Uh, that exacerbated my struggles. And so after Mustering the courage to do those things and not finding success, I felt even more broken. And it was at that time I decided, well, you know, the way to get confident in your body and to get to the body that you want and find balance with food is through bikini competing, going into uh, fitness competitions. And so that's what I resolved to do. And I thought, you know, the pressure of having to stand on stage to do a bikini competition is enough pressure to get myself to stick to a diet, to commit and um, to finally get the body I want. And I'm sure in that process, I'll find balance with food. (laughs) And what happened then was that process exacerbated my struggles more than anything I had ever done, because I restricted it for those of you who have never done a bikini or a fitness competition. It's just dieting to the extreme, just think about dieting longer and harder than maybe a normal diet. So you know how much dieting makes you crave food. Well, think about dieting harder than you've ever dieted and working out harder than you've ever worked out. That's the measure in which you crave food and, and you focus on your food and you come, become neurotic around food. And because you're about to stand on stage in a bikini in front of people, all you're thinking about is the way that you look and you're, you're critiquing the way that you look. And what's crazy is I was more insecure in my body than I had ever been and more neurotic around food than I had ever been when I was standing on stage in a bikini, the leanest I had ever been. And and after my fitness competitions, I weight rebounded and gained all the weight I had lost back and more in a very short period of time. And I felt more neurotic around food. I was deeper in the struggles than I had ever been. And again, felt like a failure, felt like there was no way out for me. And it wasn't until I started to understand the science of behavior change and how to work in sync with the brain and how to reprogram my mind around food. It wasn't until then that I started to actually find freedom from the impulses and the, the, the urges to binge. And, uh, since then i have found complete freedom from food i no longer track calories or macros or weigh or measure food i listen to my body i eat when i'm hungry i stop when i'm full i'm in a weight that feels good and healthy for my body i found confidence in my skin but it was a really long journey and that process involved a lot of trial and error and like i said it wasn't until i started to understand the science of healing binge eating which is what i'm so passionate about sharing that um i really found my way out of what i call that mental hell hole
0: Wow, that's an incredible story, Jesse. Thank you so much for, for sharing that with, with with all of us. That's truly a, it's an incredible story. Unfortunately for some people, it's a relatable story. And that that's that's where you're that's where you come in now, where you're at a place now where you can now help other people get out of that position where you once were in. And a, a more specific question I would like to ask you is, you know, I know everyone's binge eating, who anyone who dealt who deals with binge eating has has a different story with it or has a different method about it i guess you could say like for example some people they end up binging on the foods that they've been restricting all day whereas other people just they kind of like what happened with me was when i would binge eat i would just you know I, I wouldn't even care if the foods that i ate went well together like i just i just ate it because you know i i had no i lost all control i, I had no real thoughts going through it. so i just ate whatever um which, which version did you experience did you experience more of the foods you would binge on the foods that you would restrict or did you kind of just go crazy with whatever whatever foods <laughs>
1: there are so many different phases of my behaviors with food. And there was a, you know, there was phases where I'd binge on the things that, yeah, I would restrict, whether it was having a cheat day and it would just be this massive day of binging where it was all the foods that I, you know, normally didn't allow myself to have. Or if I was, you know, like kind of quote unquote breaking throughout the week before a cheat day, for example, I, you know, I might quote unquote slip up and start uh, binging on what I thought were safe foods because I was resisting the urge to binge on the things that I, you know, that were highly palatable foods or the things that were my trigger foods or fear foods. I'd end up binging on even healthy food. Um, So it was a, you know, a combination of all different types of things. And I went through seasons where I was really afraid of certain foods like, okay, meat must be the enemy. So I would stay away from meat and then I would binge on other things. There was periods where I remember this one time I went on this this two-week stint where all I ate was string cheese, carrots, Diet Coke, and Mentos, and it was like, I was resolved, like, that was going to be the key out. I don't know. Like, I had all these different really strange things that I did. So for me, yeah, the binging took on many different forms over the period of 10 years.
0: Wow, oh, that is that that is quite that is quite the experience for sure. Um, and something I've noticed, I've I listened to a couple of your podcast episodes, and they're they're amazing. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I, I've heard you mention a couple of times the this the state of binge eating is kind of like a it's a euphoric feeling. Can you kind of dive into that in a more uh, elaborated way?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So for those of you who might be listening and you're struggling with binge eating and you. Um, you're ashamed that you struggle with it. I wanna remind you it's very normal to like that you're binge eating, to like binge eating and hate that you are binge eating because you wouldn't do it if you didn't like it. And what's going on in the brain, and I think this is really powerful to understand is, you know, we're releasing all these feel good hormones and chemicals in our brain when we are engaging in these rebellious acts that we have told ourselves are rebellious. There's this little rebellious side that we all have. And when you do something you told yourself you couldn't do, it's like, oh, it's exciting. And especially when it comes to food and highly palatable foods, and especially when you've been restricting, the body is physically Craving these things that you have told yourself you can't have, or it's just craving more quantity, or it's craving to eat without all of this guilt and shame. And so, those those euphoric moments—I call it the binge eating high or the overeating high. It's like when you finally give yourself permission to just go in and to eat whatever you want. It's like, oh, it's just a moment of relief. It's almost as if. You know this diet or your rules and restrictions with food. It's like you being held underwater, and for a moment you're letting yourself come up for a deep breath of air. And in that moment, it's euphoric. It's like, oh my gosh, I've been held under, and you can take a deep breath, and it and it feels good. But because you've associated mentally, you've created these mental associations where you know eating these certain things are you know eating these certain foods are bad or it's wrong, or I'm not allowed to eat in this quality in this quantity. I'm bad for eating this much because you've created those mental associations you come up for air which is a beautiful thing you take a deep breath of air and then because you have created that association that coming up for air means i'm bad i'm wrong it's like okay i can't enjoy this too much and then the guilt and the shame and the beating yourself up starts to kick in after those moments of euphoria and relief and then we take a deep breath we go back under and we hold ourselves under
0: Absolutely. And for me, it, it was kind of like a cycle of, uh, you know, like you said, like that rebellious feeling like it would start off as, oh, you know, like, you know, I, I kind of want to binge right now like that, that'd that be really, that'd be really cool. You know, I kind of want to binge, you know, and then I would binge and it would feel, I would feel kind of like I would feel like a state of nothingness. I would just kind of be so just focused on what I'm eating. Just like, you know, in, in that binge, I would just be so focused on it. I wouldn't even be thinking of anything else. I would just be solely focused on the food itself, how much I was eating. And then after it was over, I felt so guilty, so shameful. But then like you know the next day or the next time i would binge the same cycle would happen i'd be like okay you know i want to binge i want to do it even though i know i'm going to hate it after i still want to do it i I, I crave that feeling of binging and for me at least i I would find ways to i would kind of find excuses to binge like it it would start with one bite of food for example if i would have like one cookie i'd be like oh well you know now i gotta go binge because i was like well you know I, i already already screwed up enough i had one cookie so i might as well just have the entire uh, the entire box, you know, I might as well then just have this entire box of, I don't know, uh, Cheetos, Cheetos or just like, and then have this carton of ice cream and just never stop. And also, it all started, it all started with, with one bite of food for me, I would kind of make excuses to binge. Did you kind of experience that as well?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. And I think that um, those excuses to binge are, you know, we're, our, our body is hardwired our brain is hardwired to move us in the direction of pleasure and away from pain we are that's why we're hardwired to reproduce as a species that's why we have sex that's why we um you know we move in the direction of things that bring us pleasure and naturally we we stay away from things that cause us pain and when food is pleasurable and and it should be and it gets to be and anybody who says food is just fuel needs to reconsider that phrase because food is more than fuel food is pleasure food is cultural food is social it's a connector of people it's it's beautiful it's all of these things and so much more and it's fuel but it's so much more than just fuel and and our brain wants to move towards pleasure. And if we don't learn to work in sync with the brain, we're gonna constantly be white knuckling it. And eventually we fatigue and we snap and we binge. And so we need to learn how to not white knuckle it, how to move in sync with the brain. But yes, there were so many times where I would make this excuse to go and binge because what it is is the brain is just longing for a reason to go experience pleasure. But again, we've associated that kind of pleasure with guilt and shame. And because we have this rebellious relationship with food and there's all this allure and magic to food, which food is good, it's, it's magical. I enjoy it, I indulge in food. Eat. On the other side of healing your relationship with food, it doesn't mean you don't indulge. You still indulge, but you don't feel compulsive and neurotic about it. You you know, There's, there's many times I indulge, but it's in a, in a place of um, peace internally. I don't feel like I'm being controlled by some outside force and I can't stop myself. So those excuses are just our longing for pleasure and satisfaction. And, you know, it's like, it's almost like telling, if I were to tell you, Bobby, like, whatever you do right now in this moment, do not think about a purple unicorn.
0: Just instantly (laughs) thought of one.
1: Failed the test. Failed the test. (laughs) Right? So... It's like we're telling ourselves, whatever you do, do not eat that thing. Do not eat that thing that is bad, that's off limits. You can't eat that quantity. Don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. That thing is going to make you fat. That thing is going to make you gain weight. And you're just so hyper-focused on that thing that there is so much relief when you're just like, oh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. So, yeah, that those excuses to binge, they're so normal. That's so so a part of the, the struggle with food.
0: Oh, 100%. And, like, I think – uh, a lot of people, their binging stems from identifying foods as good or bad. Like, like I said earlier, like if I had, if I had one cookie, oh, that's a bad food, so now I'm just gonna just go all out, you know? I just I, I mess up my diet or whatever. Like I just had this, this bad food, so I might as well just just have it all now, so I can restrict it later. But then that's that's where the cycle continues, uh, mm-hmm. you know? Because you know, for a lot of people, binge comes from restriction, like that that vicious cycle, the restrict binge cycle. Um, but I do want I do want to ask you this. Uh, there for there is a common misconception that binge eating is the same as overeating, but there's mm. a huge difference. You know, like if you talk to someone and you say, if, if you come out to them and say, oh, you know, I, I, I struggle with binge eating, sometimes people would say, oh yeah, like you know, I, I overeat all the time, like you know, it's it's totally normal. But there there is a huge difference. Can you kind of dive into that difference?
1: Mm-hmm. I'm curious uh, what your perspective is on the differences between binge eating and overeating. And uh, yeah, I will absolutely share the difference. And there's, you know, there's diagnostic criteria that defines binge eating disorder and what that looks like. Um, So we can talk about those things. But I'm curious what your perspective on the difference between binge and overeating is.
0: So I think for me, the biggest difference is overeating is a little bit more natural. It's like it's like oh, if I go out to dinner and I just I overindulge, okay, that happens. I then then you would move on and just continue with you know with food as as if nothing ever happened. But with binge eating, it just seems so unnatural, and you you kind of get lost in it. You, you kind of just you kind of get lost in it. You don't you can't think about anything else. Like we kind of talked about earlier. Um, but you know, just overeating seems more natural. It's more common, I think. But binge eating is just you simply just you cannot stop eating like it, like it, even if even if it doesn't sound good you still eat it like it, it doesn't matter what it is like you said like you started binging on just like healthy foods um or more nutritious foods like it doesn't matter what it is like that that urge to binge like it, it's it's so prevalent and and mm-hmm. overeating is just, i think it's just a way more of a natural thing it's it's more common um compared to binge eating where it's just you just go crazy mm-hmm.
1: yeah you know and there's there's like i said the the dsm-5 is the diagnostic, you know, it's like the manual for diagnosing, um, uh, mental health issues and challenges. And there's a criteria for diagnosing binge eating disorder. And, you know, they kind of assess, uh, assess binge eating disorder in terms of, you know, frequency, um, eating more quickly than normal eating until uncomfortably full eating large amounts of food, even when not physically hungry. Eating alone because you're embarrassed or ashamed of it, um, and then you know the like what we talked about the feelings of disgust and shame and embarrassment afterwards. Now, I think what is, and I do you know having a diagnosis can be really powerful because what what it what happens when you have a diagnosis is there's then treatment courses. However, what's unfortunate is that the treatment options. For eating disorders are very outdated, and unfortunately, a lot of them have a very low success rate. So, I'll share my perspective on what might be more helpful, in my opinion. And again, this is my opinion. I'm not a medical or mental health professional. I'm certified through the Institute for Psychology of Eating as a as a coach. So uh, that's an important disclaimer. But here is uh, my perspective, and that is, you know, binge eating disorder is. Um, I like to think about it as being characterized by an emotional experience that comes along with it of maybe a lot of anxiety. This feeling like you're being kind of driven by an outside force, like you're you're. you're feeling like you're kind of almost like your body is hijacked and you're doing this thing. Yes, it might be quickly. It might be in secret Wait until you're, you know, uncomfortably full. And there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of charge behind it, a lot of emotional and energetic charge sometimes behind binge eating. And it can also be apathetic in nature where you're like totally mentally checked out and it's very, uh, you're you're disassociated and it's very apathetic as well. Um, So I think there's that. And then overeating, you know, overeating, you know, you're eating quantities beyond fullness and there's perhaps not as much energetic charge behind it. Perhaps there's not as much emotional turmoil that goes behind it. It's like, oh yeah, I, I overate and I had Thanksgiving. Yeah, I didn't need that piece of pumpkin pie, but I ate it and it was good. I, over, I ate more than my body physically maybe needed, but I enjoyed it. Um, so I think the energetic experience of overeating is quite different. Um, I don't necessarily think it's this feeling of being hijacked, being driven beyond your will, uh, but more so it's, you know, eating quantities that maybe your body didn't necessarily need it. Maybe your mind needed it. Maybe for the purpose of, you know, the holidays, it felt good, but that's kind of how I like to distinguish them is the energetic and emotional experience that goes with them. And I I don't necessarily like to define binge eating, personally binge eating and overeating in terms of quantities consumed. Because I know for me, when I was at certain places of my struggles with food, you know, a protein bar that was outside of my macros for me felt like a binge at certain points. And then there was also times where I was eating, you know, uh, like three more meals. And that was a binge. So I don't like to define it in terms of uh, calories consumed. I I really think that um, it's not about what or how much you eat. It's about how you feel and the energy behind what or how much you eat.
0: I, I would totally agree with that that, that, that was a perfect description of, uh, of distincting or distinguishing the two. Um, and I think I think it's really important that, that you do mention like the emotional aspect of it, because that's just that's where it all comes into play. Like, oh, you know, like, like, I just binge. This is how I'm feeling. You know, I feel I feel guilt. I feel shame. Whereas overeating, like you said, you're like, oh, yeah, I just, I just overeat on a piece of pie. Like it is what it is. I'll just move on and go back to eating, you know, normally like the next day. Whereas, you know, over or, uh, binge eating, that, that guilt, that shame that trickles over into the coming days, the coming weeks, which causes you to restrict those foods that you binge on, which in turn will just make you binge on them later because you were restricting them. And just that vicious cycle continues to come into play. Um, now, when it comes to... Uh, overcoming binge eating, what are some of the most helpful strategies that you incorporated that helped you uh, overcome binge eating?
1: Mm. So I just dropped a podcast recently where I said healing binge eating is multifaceted, but it's not rocket science. So if you've tried things for those listening, if you've tried things and you're feeling discouraged and you're feeling like nothing's ever going to work for you, uh, I want you to know there are a lot of layers to it and it is multifaceted. We have to understand, um, we have to, one of the things that's really important is we have to, um, we have to grow in our emotional intelligence. And this is really important because your emotions are preceding your behaviors. And a lot of us um, didn't grow up with parents who had, um, a lot of emotional intelligence, that's not to say that your parents are emotionally immature or uh, I I, I don't want this to come across as a dig to any of our parents. I love my parents dearly, but we have to think about today how taboo mental health is today. Think about in your parents day and age or your caretakers day and age, it was even more taboo. And so were they taught a whole lot about emotions and emotional coping and about mental health? Probably not. And because of that, you were conditioned a certain way. And Did you learn in school about your emotions or emotional intelligence or um, emotional coping skills, tools and techniques? Probably most of us did not. So we're left to our own devices to figure out this very real part of what it means to be human, which is to have a shit ton of emotions all the time. So if we don't know how those are influencing our behavior, and we're just trying to white knuckle behavior change which is what most people do when they're struggling with binge eating and they're struggling with overeating they're struggling with you know anything that they don't like it's like okay i'm doing this thing i don't want to do this thing anymore so i'm going to do something different and so they just focus on the behavior change component and what i want for everybody that i have the opportunity to work with is and and everybody listening is i want you to your behaviors to feel natural i don't want your behaviors with food to feel like you have to white knuckle balance i want balance to be your natural to be um i want success for you with food to be on autopilot and in order for that to happen we have to understand our emotions we have to understand how to cope with our emotions, how to handle emotions, how to navigate emotion, emotional coping skills, tools, and techniques. And so the podcast that I recently dropped, what I was communicating was, there are a lot of layers to healing. And one of those is understanding your emotions. Another one is understanding how the brain works, understanding the science of how the brain works and how to work in sync with the brain. That can be very, very powerful. Understanding your need for community and support and to come out of isolation and, you know, when i was recording this uh the podcast interview with bobby up for my show we were talking about how just coming out and telling one person was so powerful for both of us like that's necessary you have to bring it out of the darkness and into the light and start to let people in to support you so there's all these different layers and that can feel overwhelming and what i want to remind you is you are capable of learning and if you're willing to start learning and open your mind a little bit to understand that maybe you have some learning to do, and you can start integrating some of these skills, you will start to see your relationship with food change. So my encouragement is if you're struggling, it's not rocket science. There are layers, there are things that you're gonna have to to learn, and you're gonna have to start practicing some tools and techniques and understanding the brain a little bit better, understanding your emotions a little bit better and how those are influencing your behaviors. But if you're willing to do those things, freedom is for you.
0: I, I love that you mentioned that it's multifaceted. Like you know, a lot of people will just probably assume that oh, if you're if you're binge eating, just 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 don't eat as much. It's it's, it's as simple as that. And then in turn, like if, if if you're struggling with eating enough, it's like oh, just eat more. It's like it's just food. It's not that hard. But there, there's an entire. Uh, like you said, it's just multifaceted. There's so many different layers. Like you said, that, that you have to overcome and go through. It's not just a, you're not you're not going to fix it overnight. Binge eating, uh, not eating, just a, any eating disorder, or disordered eating uh, tactic is not going to be solved overnight with with one like you know re- click on the internet with one search on the internet. It's not going to get solved like that. There's so many uh, there's so many layers to it. Like you said, it's not going to happen overnight. Um, it's not, it's not, it's also not a, a, a linear progression. Um, there's going to be ups, there's going to be downs and it's okay to have bad days, but I think it's important to acknowledge those bad days and think, okay, instead of dwelling on this terrible day I just had, how am I going to make tomorrow better? So days like this happen less often, uh, I, mm. I think, I think that's, th- that, that's the biggest thing for me because I know, yeah, sure. There are some days where, where I don't have, you know, the best day with food still, even though my relationship with food is the best it's ever been there are some days where yeah i still have some pretty some pretty rough times some rough thoughts but i i acknowledge those thoughts and then i think okay mm-hmm. you know it happened it's okay just move on and focus on how i can make tomorrow better than today um mm-hmm. and i, I think that, that that's what helps me out the most
1: mm that's so good and you know you said a few important things there you said you know how do i how do i make these bad days um less frequent and what i would say is you know when you're looking to heal your relationship with food understand that the way the journey unfolds is the 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 process is not okay. I'm gonna resolve to never binge again, and that would always be the promise. That, okay, I'm this is the last time I binge. I'm never gonna do it again. That's not how it works. When you pursue healing, there will be times where you binge or you overeat or you do things with food that you don't really feel great about doing. That happens. Um, the goal, what you what you kind of alluded to, the goal is. That they decrease in frequency and intensity over time. That's how it happens. And so if you're moving in that direction, if they're decreasing and in frequency and intensity over time, the binging or overeating episodes, we're moving in a really, really beautiful direction. So I love that you uh, said that. And what you also said that I think is really important is you acknowledge your thoughts. So It's very important, part of this understanding our emotions better and understanding our mind better is acknowledging a couple of things. We have sentences that run through our head and those are called thoughts. We have emotions that we feel, which are those physical vibrations in the body. And if we can start to acknowledge them and and, uh, welcome them and not judge them, we're moving in a really good direction. We need to embrace a little curiosity, like a scientist who's collecting data without judgment, and start having an awareness. What am I thinking on a day-to-day basis? Okay, I can acknowledge I'm having this thought, but I'm not gonna judge it. I'm not gonna beat myself up for it. I'm just gonna acknowledge that it's there and remembering uh, you are not your thoughts. You are the conscious awareness of those thoughts. So in the moment where you're like, I'm acknowledging I'm having this thought, you are standing in such a position of power internally. You are taking your power back because you're creating a little bit of distance from your thought and from your emotion just by acknowledging it. And you really stand, like I said, in the in the driver's seat. So if we can practice doing that a little bit more, just acknowledging, okay, I'm having a thought, I'm having an emotional experience right now, I'm not gonna judge it. And then what I always do is I ask myself, this I'm having an emotion, for example. It might be anxiety, and I might say, Okay, I'm feeling anxious. And instead of going into the headspace, what the heck is wrong with you? You shouldn't feel anxious about this. Like you should, you should have your crap together. That's not helpful. Instead, I go, okay. I'm experiencing sensations of anxiety. I'm acknowledging that Hmm. in my body. And then I'll I'll go into, I want to identify the physical quality of anxiety, for example. So I'll tune into my body and I'll go, where am I feeling anxiety? And what does it feel like on a physical level? Oh, It feels like tightening in my neck. It feels like kind of like a pit in my stomach, shallow breathing, my heart's elevated. And then I'll ask the anxiety, like it's a little gremlin, I'll say anxiety. What do you need? how can I support you? How do you want to be emoted? If you want to be a if you want to feel better, we have to start practicing being better feelers. And that's acknowledging our thoughts and emotions. That's recognizing what they feel like on a physical level. And that's asking them, how do you want to be emoted? No emotion lasts forever. And if you're willing to emote your emotions, let them out and ask them how they want to be supported. The emotion transforms, which is so beautiful.
0: Absolutely, and I love that you just said that no emotion lasts forever because a lot of us at least for me when I was dealing with binge eating Especially when I would feel that guilt and that shame I would think I would just think okay like like how long is this feeling gonna last for? I just feel so guilty and shameful all Mm -hmm. the time but now that you know if I even have a thought that's even similar to the thoughts I would have when I was dealing with this I would I, I now acknowledge it. Okay, this is a bad thought. Okay, so what it happens Um, this thought is not going to last forever. It's temporary. I'm going to move on. I'm going to have better thoughts, better days in general. Um, so I think it's really just important to, to not, uh, necessarily dwell on these bad thoughts, just accept them, acknowledge them. Like you said, and just move on. It's really, it's hard at first. I get it. Um, but just overall just just going on taking it one day at a time taking it slow I think it's most important thing just knowing that there's no rush either Uh, you know a lot of people just seem to have this this start of a goal and then they just automatically think of the end game Okay, like you know, this is how i'm gonna get from here to here I'm gonna do it in this amount of time But there's really no there's no time constraint for dealing with something as serious as binge eating Um, it it, take it slow take it one day at a time And just and, and just you know Uh, just just deal with the process the best way that you can it's going to be hard but it's so worth it in the end
1: Mm. so so worth it I remember when I was committing to healing I um, I just made a commitment to myself and it was it doesn't matter how long it takes it's going to be worth it and I'm telling you on the other side of it it is absolutely worth it my life is far from perfect but I can't tell you how free I feel that I don't deal with neurotic thoughts around food. I don't, you know, food doesn't occupy so much mental real estate. I'm, I don't deal with body image insecurity anymore. My body's far from perfect and I'll have days where I don't feel great about my body, but it, it does not dictate or control my life anymore. And, um, you know, when you when you find freedom from those things, it's like, I felt for me, like the whole world opened up to me. It was just, you know, it's so beautiful to no longer have those shackles and that weight um, just weighing me down. I promise you it's worth every ounce of energy, effort, and time that you'll have to put in, uh, to, to make your way out.
0: hundred percent. And, and the last, the last question I would like to ask you is, um, like, you know, uh, eating in general, binge eating specifically, it affects your life in more ways than one. It affects your everyday life, you know, from socially, uh, your school work life, you know, it, it's, it's going to be there in some capacity. And I remember the first time I ever, um, you know after i started healing and recovering from binge eating the first time i i ever had like a like a victory in, in this recovery it was when um so so the food i would binge on the most is this trail mix and um i remember there was one day where it was just it just sat in my cabinet all day and i didn't think about it once and the day went by and i like i went to bed and i was like oh my god like i didn't think about this at all like you know, and so so was there a moment like that? Like that? Do you like? Do you remember that first moment where you're like, "Wow, like things are moving in the right direction finally."
1: Mm. So funny that you say trail mix was like your big trigger food. That was my trigger food. Yeah. The salty, the sweet, all oh, the the crunchy, the soft raisin, like all of it was just, mm, it was too good. Um, and you know a specific moment um oh man there were so many different little moments where i knew like yeah things are moving in the right direction um and my process unfolded over a couple of years and so you know i think one of the things i remember being like a pretty big aha was sitting down and eating and Losing interest in food when I was full and not feeling compelled to finish everything on my plate. And like before it was like, if I had food in front of me on my plate, I had to finish all of it. Like no macro, no calorie left behind. Like I got to eat it all no matter how I feel. And I remember having this experience where I was, you know, I was looking at my plate and it was like, I don't think I want another bite. Like I, I don't think. I think I'd prefer not to have another bite, like I'm full. And to naturally lose interest in food was such a win. And those who struggle will understand how big of a win that is. Those who don't are like, okay, you left food on your plate. But when you're compelled to lick your Tupperware clean, like I did, And to not feel compelled to do that anymore because you're fueling yourself enough and you're not afraid that that food that's on your plate won't be there the next day if you want it was a huge win and I knew I was moving in the right direction.
0: That's awesome. And I was the exact same way. I was, you know, in my mind, I was, it was always, okay, finish this food now because you never know when you're going to have it again. But in reality, those foods are really always going to be there. Even like on things such as like the holidays, like I think the holidays, like the timer and now is like the biggest timer that comes into play where it's like, okay, I got to binge on all these Christmas cookies, all this Thanksgiving food now, because I'm not going to have it again for a year. But when you think about it, you can go to the grocery store and get like mashed potatoes whenever you want. Like, like you can have these foods, whatever you want. There's no, there's no set date when you can have them when you can't have them. And unfortunately, that's the mindset that, that a lot of us had, including myself, was that, okay, I got to go all out now, because I'm not gonna be able to have them later. But in reality, you can and that's and mm-hmm. learning that was just the, the biggest difference and that that led me to doing things like Yeah, maybe, you know, if I'm really full of if I'm satiated, maybe don't finish what's on my plate, because I know it can be there tomorrow.
1: Mm, mm-hmm. So good. And it's so important. I, you know, the holidays, like you said, are a really challenging time and I, there's so many different tactical things we can do to navigate them, you know, and I, I share a bunch of those things. I, I created this free guide for uh, a lot of the people that I work with and just, you know, just whoever on how to navigate some of those things that you were saying, those ho- the holiday mindset and just, you know, this endless consumption of, you know, I have to eat it all now this last supper mentality. uh, How do we navigate that? How do we navigate diet culture comments? People are always talking about dieting. That's so triggering people talking about body and weight and weight loss that can be very, very triggering as well. How do we navigate? How do we navigate food pushers at the holiday people who are always pushing food, and you can't even listen to your body because you got, you know, you got your your aunt or your uncle just shoving food in your face and you don't want it. And like, how do you deal with all those different types of things? So I do for, you know, any, anybody who's listening, who would want that, you know, free, free guide that's available. Uh, And I can give you the link, Bobby, for that, if anybody would want that. But I, the holidays are hard and, you know, it's like, there's so much anxiety and pressure around the holidays and especially in COVID times, you know, it's like, we, uh, a lot of us maybe haven't seen our families or friends in, in a while, and then we're worried about them noticing the weight that we've gained. And so we go into the holidays with all this anxiety and and it can just feel like a real mess with food, but it doesn't have to. And, you know, now having holidays that are just fun and it's like, oh, this food is great. It's enjoyable and I don't have to go crazy on it is so liberating.
0: Oh, a hundred percent, and I know for myself i 'm getting ready to, to enjoy some Christmas cookies, some christmas desserts, all that good food i 'm getting so ready it 's only a couple of weeks away and i and that, like I'm, now i 'm in a place where i can, I can fully enjoy them and not have to fully stress like okay, like you know how am I going to navigate because like, i remember, I would think like weeks in advance how I was going to like handle food during the holidays like it's it 's so crazy to think about how much food can control someone 's life um, for for just such long periods of time. Uh, and it, it truly is crazy how how, how much of how, how much food can truly impact someone's life. Um, so I think that's that's all we have for today's episode. Jesse, I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, once again, I will link her her online program in uh, in the bio in the description, as well as her links to all her social media accounts. Definitely go check her out. Uh, I, I know I learned I, I learned a ton about binge eating on this episode. I'm sure uh, that the listeners the listeners did as well. So, Jesse, thank you again for coming on. I, I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Yeah,
0: absolutely, and yeah. So I th- thank you all for listening to this one. Um, I, I've, I've been posting new episodes every Thursday, so be on the lookout. Check out my other episodes. Follow me on TikTok, and uh, yeah, have a great day, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Bobby Podcast. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast. Leave a rating. Leave a review. Listen to my other episodes. Follow me on TikTok. Follow me on Instagram. I really appreciate every single one of you who is listening who has been listening. Um, I really appreciate it. Um, And I hope you have a great rest of your day.